The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only podcast in the world, the only baseball podcast in the world whose fan base is always satisfied. I'm Jake Mintz, that's Jordan Schusterman, and on today's show, we will be ranking all 30 MLB fan bases from the least to the most satisfied. Yes, we are recording this on Tuesday morning. You are listening to this on Friday before the second half of the 2023 Major League Baseball regular season continues, begins, I guess I should say, that second half. We're recording this before we uh, we have a lot uh, of uh, important engagements going on in the second half of this week that we will talk about more later on. Uh, but we wanted to have a podcast come out on Friday. And so what this is going to be is an exercise in kind of both reflection on the first half and also kind of looking ahead to the second half. And we wrote about this for Fox Sports. You can check this out in written form. And yeah, that's that's what this episode is going to be. Going into the second half, how satisfied are all 30 fan bases? We're going to start from the bottom and work our way up to who is feeling the best. If it sounds like we're a little bit tired, we are. We are recording this on Tuesday afternoon before we head over to the All-Star game. We were both up late working I am recording this supine from a cot in our shared hotel room. Yes. So if it sounds like Jake's lying down, that's because he is. But he will do his best to project into this here podcast microphone. Uh, but yeah, we have, you know, we'll we'll review once the draft is all over. We'll, we'll kind of recap all that stuff at some point. Uh, but we hope that you enjoy this episode going in to the beginning. And by the way, if anything crazy happens between now and Friday, like if Otani gets traded, I know sometimes we've had like some wild trades yeah. like during the All-Star break. So if something Drew really- Pomerantz to the oh, Red Sox. <laughs> yes, we've had, we've had some trades that go down on like the Wednesday or Thursday after the All-Star game. I'm going to assume that that's not happening and there's not too much. So, th- but just keep in mind when we're recording this, I don't think it will necessarily change too much of how we rank anything here. Okay, all that said, let's get to our list. We are going to work from 30 to 1 and we begin at the bottom with a okay who is the fan base and and again by the way give us feedback on this because we are not actually fans of all 30 teams i guess we are but we don't really know the experience so this is our best guess we're trying to you know put these fan shoes on for all 30 teams and think how would i be feeling right now and because of that ultimately despite a little bit of debate we are going to have the oakland a's at 30 i don't often win arguments with Jordan or discussions or debates between the two of us. I'm worse at it. I'd say I'm a less intelligent person. Your arguments tend to be more grounded in reality. So when I take a W, it feels pretty good. And I was adamant that the Oakland A's needed to be last on this list. And the reason for that is if you're the fan of a fan of the A's, they're not going to be there anymore. All of the 29 other teams will almost certainly remain in the cities they're currently playing in in two years, something that unfortunately, despicably, A's fans cannot say. Yeah, and that's fair. 
Um, I my my original uh, response was they've kind of known this was coming for a while, but it has gotten uglier during the season. It does feel like they will indeed be heading to Vegas. So and we got ultimately official, I relented. We got an official announcement from the team that they were moving to Vegas yeah. before this year. It was conjecture and it was flirting with Nevada, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything substantive from the franchise. And that's what we've gotten this year. Still and a long if, way to go. Still seems like a mess. Still seems like a mess. And if the A's were playing well on the field, maybe this would be different. But they're also the worst team. In exactly. The they are 25 and 67 uh, going going into the break on an L4, uh, which is better than an L40, which at points during the season, it felt like we were heading towards. It sucks. Of course, they were set up to fail on the field and are very much failing off the field in so many respects. But I accept they are definitely 30. I just cannot imagine looking an Oakland A's fan in the face and saying, I'm less satisfied with my baseball team yep. than you are. Yes. However, we moved to 29 to a team that with if there wasn't this abomination of a situation going on in Oakland, I think would be a clear 30. And that is the St. Louis Cardinals, the 38 and 52 St. Louis Cardinals. I have been during All-Star Week kind of pulling the temperature from from uh fans but also, you know, writers for teams and you know, we we are friendly with Derek Gould who is just an incredible resource and one of the best beat writers in the game who covers the Cardinals and when I explained the uh you know, exercise and you know, concept of this here, he was like, "Yeah, no, it's 30." This is the most angry he's seen Cardinals fans ever and you can understand why because they're never bad. And this has just been an absolute shit show. Could they technically still find their way back into it? Yeah, I guess they could. But there's no way around when you compare both where we began and considering the division. That is a very important part of this before we get to some of these other teams that have disappointed. They have to. They just it has been so embarrassing and they have to be 29. There's a level of entitlement here. All Cardinals fans have seen for the last two decades is success. But that plays into how satisfied they feel today. I would say the 29 other fan bases are satisfied with the Cardinals season. There is a level <laughs> of true. schadenfreude. That's true. Everyone else's fan satisfaction uh, is skyrocketing because of the Cardinals' uh, failures. This is great. <laughs> but but um, they are the, the, the victims of that. And there's just not a whole lot of redeemable things going on, right? Yeah. I mean, the Nolan lineup's Arenado, still good. What do you say? The lineup's good. Like The lineup's still pretty good. Yeah. Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Jordan Walker has gotten yeah. really hot. But to me, the Wilson Contreras kerfuffle of him catching is really sad. And then the idea that this is Adam Wainwright's finale. Yeah. He could have exited last year with his buddies Yachty and Albert. And instead, he wanted to go for one last ride on the carousel, and the horse went toppling over. And I know they won two uh, going into the break, but they also did lose Jordan Montgomery, who has really been their only reliable starter to a serious hamstring injury. So just, I mean, again, it's 11 and a half out, you know, no. 11 and the what? No, they they suck. And uh, it's they're, they're 29. So let's continue the misery in Missouri mm-hmm. because the 28 is the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, they have to be 28 because if we're talking about on-field performance, 
I would say they've been even more embarrassing than Oakland because they were not supposed to be this bad. They were not supposed to be just a game or two better than the team trying to lose the most games in baseball history. And when you see a team with a who you think like, okay, some some signs, some young players who have promise, like the guys who it's like they were big prospects. These are supposed to be the parts of a good team. It hasn't come together. Their offense is horrible. Their pitching is horrible. And there is a long way to go. And their best player, Vinny Pasquantino, is out for the season. So all of that combines for a clear 28. If you're a Royals fan and in March you said the words, can player blah, blah, blah take a step forward this year? The answer has been pretty much no. Bobby Witt looks a little better. Yeah, better on defense. And like, again, he's still could go like 2040 <laughs> he's like bobby witt is is not the most biggest of my problems but the rest of it is just bleak um and uh jordan lyles is munching those innings but those innings taste absolutely disgusting i would argue those innings are munching him let's move on to number 27 on our list a couple of teams grouped together here yeah for different reasons so from the bottom up the White Sox at 27, the Mets at 26, the Padres at 25, and the Angels at 24. The White Sox, you could maybe group with the Royals and the Cardinals based upon expectations. Well, with the Cardinals. With the Cardinals, <laughs> yes. Not the Royals. Very, yes. very true. Yes. Sorry. How they should There's be- talent. There's good yeah. players on the team, yes. right? There's good players on the team, and we just saw them have this series- um, recently, and it's like you see these these great players and with, with recent track record, and a lot of them have been shit. And even right. more than St. Louis, right, where you have Tim Anderson with zero homers, you have Lance Lynn with like a seven ERA. Like Cease has been way, way, way worse than last year. Um, and but at the same time, it was a flawed roster, so they didn't necessarily. I mean, in a bad division, you could have seen a version where they went well, but it has just been really, really, really ugly. And they are they are even more likely than St. Louis to be about to trade multiple of these good, famous players. The Mets and Padres we have grouped together. The Padres beat the Mets in their series head to head over the weekend, so they get the spot just ahead of New York. We don't need to talk about them for that long. Yeah, we've already talked about that. We're yeah. going to keep talking about them because, of course, they will be both of these teams will be two of the biggest. Uh, stories of the second half two of the teams arguably with the highest expectations coming into the season and uh that hasn't been the case because the Padres are 43 and 47 the Mets are 42 and 48 and 18 and a half back of Atlanta Padres eight and a half back of first place six out of the wild card so I think you could argue the Padres could maybe be even a little bit higher than this but I think the Padres and Mets belong together on this list they do belong together Jordan they do just like peanut butter and catch up. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Angels, who a couple weeks ago, a month ago, would have been in the top half of these rankings. The vibes in Orange County were pretty solid. They were, you know, the roster was better than it's been in previous years. We started to do the annual tradition of raising our eyebrows, going, Angels, Angels, Angels. Eight games over 500 on June 16th, three and a half out of first place. Um, which was later into the season that we were like, Angels, Angels, Angels. And then since then, with the barrage of injuries, they've lost, I believe, 9 of 10 going into the break. Not great. And lost Mike Trout for at least another month or so. Otani is the best player of all time, and it doesn't matter. And now, whether they trade him or not, we are heading towards a potentially dark second half. They couldn't even make it to the All-Star break at or above 500. And we now might be heading towards... 
six seasons of Shohei Otani and, and none of them finishing over 500. That is really something. And so all you say that, the Angels should be even lower on this list, but they are at least still technically around in the standings where it's like fine, but I this, this is bad. It's hard to envision a path forward. I would love to be proven wrong, but it feels unfortunately like the six-year summer fling is coming to an end. Let's move on to our next category. We stink, and it's not fun. At 23, the Colorado Rockies, the Tigers at 22, Nats 21, Cubs 20, and Pirates 19. The Rockies, Tigers, and Nats definitely suck a level more than the Pirates and the Cubs. They have, they're all the kind of their own weird thing. The Rockies are isolationist and not trying to win and just profiting off of their beautiful beer garden baseball stadium that they pack, even though the team is kind of hopeless. <laughs> That's that is what we put it. You could argue that the fans are super satisfied because they're having a good time at Coors Field. The Rockies are perpetually 15th. <laughs> they never move. Uh, 20. Yes. Yeah, so Rockies 23, right? Tigers 22. I mean, the Tigers were at least they were better than expected um, coming into like for the first few months. It was like, oh, OK, they're maybe not the worst ever. Uh, but now we're, we're seeing some some trouble. And again, we haven't had like the massive steps forward that we would hope again with like Riley Green and Torque, like some signs of progress. But like Javier Baez still sucks. And uh, the the Nationals are and sorry. And, and like Eduardo Rodriguez was good, but then got hurt. And Michael Lorenzen is their all star. So yeah, Tigers it's just has not been going well. The Nationals, it feels like they it's there were moments where it's like, okay, a little frisky. This is a team that's like it's, some things are actually going well with some of their young players. And then over the last month or so, they've they've plummeted back to the bottom of the standings. But at the same time, like they just drafted Dylan Cruz. Like, I don't think I none of it was too shocking, right? Again, even with the Tigers and arguably sort of the Rockies, it was like we want to see big steps forward. We knew the Nats were going to be bad. And they've had enough fun things that we're going to keep them there. Cubs and Pirates were grouping together. These are teams that have had flashes. Of, I mean, the Pirates started 20 and 8, right? And so the Pirates starting 20 and 8 and still being where they are is both an argument for them to be a lot higher and a lot lower because it was like, oh my God, is this where we're making the turn? And instead, they were horrible in May and have been also bad recently, but still a lot, a lot of fun things happening with them too. They are enjoyable to watch whenever they win. It's super cool, but they don't really do that a lot. And the way that we kind of taken the Pirates is through video clips on Twitter, which is maybe not the best way to judge a baseball team. The Cubs, I would imagine, are very frustrating to their fan base because they should be better than this. And a lot of things have gone right for them. Cody Bellinger, just inexplicably phenomenal. Justin Steele has continued to be swell. Marcus Stroman was one of the best pitchers in baseball for the first two months and yet just can't get out of neutral. Yes. Uh, and because of that, um, I because like the Cubs, the Cubs were after the moves that they made this offseason, it was like, OK, like we there's a chance we could be like a good team in a weak division. And it just has not quite happened yet. All right. We move on to a tier of their own. And that is. My beloved Seattle Mariners. They oh. could have been much. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna go grab a coffee. Okay, that's right. no, no. It's a, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about this for very long. So okay. you're, you're good. So you can, you're, and you're not going anywhere. You're literally lying in bed. So I don't. <laughs> very funny, but you're not moving anywhere quickly. Seattle Mariners could have been a lot lower. They uh, even a week or so ago, two weeks ago, could have been down. I think with the Mets Padres group. Not that they had that high expectations, because again, the projections were just like, no, this team's solid, not amazing. 
at the same time, like coming off of last season, you wanted to see momentum and the way that they treated the offseason and the way that they came into it and the way that some of those things flopped was just like, fuck, like this is supposed to be where we carry that momentum and it has not happened. At the same time, they played well enough recently. They're still in the mix. They're just the game over 500 going in. I mean, winning a series in Houston never freaking happens for them. So doing that going into the break does make them feel a little bit better. Six games out of first, four games out of the wild card. I don't, I'm not super optimistic about the second half, but they're definitely not doomed. At the same time, we can't put them any higher than this. So they come in at 18. Now we move to the AL East, Jake. This is a, a, a division you are certainly much more familiar with, of course, being around the Yankees all the time. We have the Red Sox at 17, Yankees mm-hmm. at 16, Blue Jays at 15. Explain to us why we put these teams in this order. So it's it's tough. We flip them around in a couple, a couple different ways. The Yankees who are in between these two have had just such a bizarre season where it feels like almost nothing has gone right. The offense stinks. Aaron Judge has been on the IL. Carlos Rodon has pitched one game. Luis Severino has turned into a pumpkin. And yet here they are in the mix. And so on one hand, if you're a Yankees fan with outrageously high expectations, understandably, you're like, this sucks. This sucks. I hate watching this. Aaron game. Judge is not playing also. That, For, that would be another reason to be concerned. But at the same time, I mean, you're one game back in the wild card and you're 49 and 42 without all of the thing with all the things I just mentioned existing. And so because of that, they're in the middle. I have the Red Sox below them just because they're really confusing. Talking to some Red Sox reporter, um, podcaster people yesterday, like the vibe I get is that they're just not fun to think about. <laughs> they're, it's that simple. And the Red Sox have had a lot of interesting clubs over the last decade. Whether they're good or bad, there are things to care about and latch onto. And without Xander Bogarts there, they're just kind of aimless. Yeah, They're wandering through the desert without a direction. The roster doesn't really fit together. And they've had some stretches where they've looked incredible. Jaron Duran has been super good. But there have also been some stretches where they look completely... Pointless. Yeah, they are as 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 volatile as it gets. But coming in on a, you know going into the break on a W five, you know I I I have to say like Yoshida has been fantastic. I think he deserved to be an all star. Brian Bayo, huge step forward. But there is still so many holes in this roster, and you know they're in the at least. So you just can't be too optimistic going uh, forward. Toronto is a similar team that I just do not know what to make of, but they, you know, go into the break. Again, these teams are, are stacked in, in this exact order, but like this, this feels right. You know, Blue Jays are seven back of the Rays. Yankees are eight back of the Rays. Red Sox are nine back of the Rays. So I'm fine keeping them in this exact order as in the standings. Toronto, I, I think a lot of people had a lot of expectations for this season. And because of the bizarre situation with Alec Manoa and couple other, you know, really slow start from George Springer. It's been a, a slow start. And Vlad, you know, not hitting a home home run until a few weeks ago. It's been strange. But again, they're in the mix. And the talent is still there for them to be a really good team. And so I, I think we expected more from them. But they're not by any means in a terrible position. I agree. And while it is frustrating they aren't better, they are certainly going to have a shot to make the postseason. That's the top, I guess, the bottom half. Let's take a quick break. I'm going to take a quick nap and we'll be back with the top half of our fan satisfaction rankings. This is former PGA Tour winner Smiley Kaufman, host of The Smiley Show, a Sirius XM podcast. You want to know what I love about golf? 
I get to talk to some really cool people. I get to walk the fairways of the best courses in the world with the best players in the world, and I get to share it with you every single week. Listen to The Smiley Show right now on Stitcher, Pandora, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Smiley, S-M-Y-L-I-E. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast. Jake Mintz, George Schusterman. The vibe rolls on. Fan satisfaction rankings. How do fan bases feel? We're going to tell you, even though we're a part of two of them. <laughs> you tell us, though. Email us, baseballbarbercast at gmail.com. Tweet at us, at SeshbittisBBQ. Follow us on the street and yell things at us. And we'll be like, all right, that's a good point. If you're following Jordan on the street in Richmond, Indiana. <laughs> I'm impressed and terrified. We move to the next two teams. One of the themes of the first half was looking at the standings and being like, wow, every team in the AL East is better than every team in the AL Central. Ha, 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 ha. Still, still funny, true. still true, still funny. As the Cleveland Guardians enter the second half in first place at exactly 500, and a few games behind the last place Boston Red Sox, we have the Guardians and Twins here. Twins 14, Guardians 13. Are these teams worse than the three AL East teams we just talked about? Probably, but the, one of these teams is going to win the division. And that means that they get to say, hey, we won the division and we get to host a playoff series. And that's not necessarily going to be the case for the AL East teams. And so regardless of how extremely mid these teams are with the Guardians lifeless offense, both of these teams <laughs> just, oh, just like, oh, my God, these offenses are so bad. Um, but again, one of these teams is going to win the division. And like, there's still some good things happening here that I think we have to have them above the AL East groups. If you're a Cleveland or a Minnesota fan, your thought process right now is we're an idiotic coin flip away from an October spot. And yes, it could be the dumbest pennant race ever for one of these two teams to get blood. Here's a scenario. A wild card. Twins win the AL Central with like 85 wins. Yeah. And host the New York Yankees. Oh, who get the third wild card. They probably wouldn't want that because they would just assume the Yankees would beat them. And they, I mean, they maybe probably would, but uh, that would be amazing. All right. Anyway, so don't feel good about these teams, but like one of them is going to win the division and they, you got to be at least satisfied about that. The Nepo babies of the 2023 season. Someone's got to be there. All right. Juggernauts that just aren't juggering. The Houston Astros at 12 and the yeah, Los Angeles Dodgers at 11. That's what they've been saying. They, they just are just not juggering quite enough. Um, Houston has been so bizarre. I'm still sort of scared of them as a Mariners fan. They are two back of the Rangers at 50 and 41. So much has gone wrong for them. I mean, this is a team where Jose Abreu didn't home for two months. Altuve was out. McCullers hasn't thrown a pitch. They lost Luis Garcia to Tommy John. They lost Herkiti to Tommy John, too. Or is he? He's at least been out for a long time. They're rolling JP France out there. Alex Bregman has, like, no homers. Jeremy Pena has sucked. Like, so much has gone terribly wrong for them. But because And Jordan, right? Jordan's injured. He's been out. And yet, I still feel like they are very well in a good position to win the division. They've had just enough go right from guys where they didn't, didn't necessarily expect. Chaz McCormick has been excellent this season. Yiner Diaz has really stepped up and given them some real offense. And then Fromber's amazing. Hunter Brown's been really good. Javier. Javier's also been disappointing, but enough of those you know next-level arms that you haven't heard of, like J.P. France and Brandon Bialik and you know Seth Martinez, whatever. 
have been and the bullpen's still great. So I I still think they're pretty good. Um, but you could argue to have them lower than this. I think that's fair. The Dodgers are slightly different where everything on the offensive side has kind of gone to plan. At least at the top. <laughs> at least at the top, heading into the year, the vibe was they're going to let the young guys play. They're going to give them a chance. Outman and was great and then has now sucked. Outman was great and now sucked. Those young guys haven't quite Vargas stepped bad. forward. Yep. Right? They haven't taken that opportunity. However, some of the older veterans that they signed as you know, pseudo backup plans mm-hmm have been good. And that's Jason Hayward and J.D. Martinez. Peralta. Peralta. Mm -hmm. Those guys. uh, Miguel Rojas, not so much. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, (laughs) Will Smith. Just fucking awesome. And Max Muncy has 21 homers. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's been... And then then the the pitching is the concern, though. The pitching would be the argument, even though they clawed their way and are now back in first place. Like, there are real, real worries here with this pitching staff, as I think they're sort of we're coming into the year. Julio Urias walk year oh, wet boy. blanket yeah not great uh era nearly five kershaw of course awesome but also injured gonsolin still pretty good but not great center guard absolute disaster dustin may Blue already again. out again that sucks michael grove has not stepped up like bobby miller kind of hot and cold and the bullpen is not nearly as dominant as we've seen but this team is still in first place <laughs> yes. and they're still the favorite to win the and in position again to make a move at the deadline something like that so i they're really weird but they can't be that much lower than this let's zip into our top 10 with the happy to be here group mm-hmm. at eight the phillies at nine the giants at 10 the brewers probably should have read that the other way at 10 the brewers at nine the giants and at eight the phillies let's talk about milwaukee Milwaukee, I originally we had much lower on this list, but then, you know, you look up at the standings and, you know, there's seven games over and just one game behind Cincinnati. And while I don't think that, again, if you had said, hey, Milwaukee, the Cardinals are going to be completely horrible, they'd be like, oh, great. Well, we'll just win the division by 10 games. Like, sounds good to me. Um, Instead, of course, we'll talk about the Reds here at the top of this list. Still a lot of underwhelming things going on, but hey. Christian Yelich turning it on. He's got a 128 OPS plus instead of a 108 OPS plus, right? Mm -hmm. William Contreras has been every bit as good as they could have hoped. But the rest of this offense, I don't know. And the pitching, you know, Burns has been merely good. Woodruff is out. So this, you could argue, like originally we had them with Minnesota and Cleveland. And I think you could still put them there as a team that's not actually that good, but has a good chance to win the division. And so maybe they do belong below Dodgers and Astros, but I still think positionally, and you can see there's some concerns with the Reds moving forward. I think they're in a pretty still good spot to win the division. Also, summer in Milwaukee, just great. <laughs> That's good. They are feeling good at this exact moment. We'll see how how uh, they feel as the weather cools down. At number nine, the San Francisco Giants. Lamont Wade, 132 <laughs> OPS plus. Holy shit. It was higher even like a week ago. Uh, they are two and a half back of first place. They 31 plus 31 run differential. They've sort of come back to earth recently. Right. They were 42 and 32 and they kind of stumbled their way into the all-star break. Yes. At the same time, if you had said, if we had told them in March that this is where they were going to be at the break, you would be feeling fantastic. A lot going right there for them too. It's a very, very weird team, but especially when you see what some of those rookies have done, there, there is a lot to like here. I don't know if I would necessarily pick them to make the postseason, but I still think that when you consider how kind of mad we were coming into the year, they got to be feeling pretty good. That's why we have them in nine. 
Better than the 2022 team. Not as good as the 2021 team. Yes. All right, Jake. Phillies. Talk about the Phillies. You love talking about the Phillies. We have them here at number eight. This is another team that, of course, were trending like the Padres and Mets for a while there. But enough has gone well. This almost feels high, but they've certainly played better recently. Really, really well over the last month. Now, again, like... Trey Turner has just not been good. Bryce Harper hasn't homered since May 25th. There are concerns about the pitching staff. So maybe this is too positive. No, they're 23 and 11 since the start of June. And I think that that is notable. Yeah. They were horrible for a while. I mean, they had a, you know, uh, what is this? Like a nine, six game losing streak. They were 25 and 31. 32. 25 and 32, 32 on June 2nd. Yeah. And then they just... And now they're 48 and 30, 41. So and I, they didn't win. They didn't have like a 12-game winning streak or anything. They just played really good ball for a month. Yeah. And crawled their way back into the mix. Yes, there's a lot not going right. But I... Th- In some ways, that is a good thing, right? That is a good thing. 48 and 41 heading into the year with how things have gone. With Harper underwhelming since he got back and Turner being bad and Aaron Nola struggling so much for the first chunk of his season, I think they're relatively happy. Uh, Big stretch coming out of the break for them. Home series against the Padres and the Brewers going to Cleveland and then home for the the Orioles. So not going to be super easy for them coming out of the break. But also could, could give them some, uh, you know, making up a lot of ground or, or at least giving themselves some cushion in the National League postseason race. So maybe that's a little aggressive. Phillies fans, <laughs> the reason why it looks wrong is because Phillies fans, every loss is the end of the world. So I <laughs> and and hearing from them all the time, it's like they might be like, no, fuck this. Like this has been bullshit. Trey Turner sucks, blah, blah, blah. I get that. Again, kind of like Milwaukee. So much better you, than it was in 2021. You know what I mean? That too. Yeah. So uh, I think that I'm fine having them here. Also, have you been to Philadelphia in the summer? It's great. Okay. This next place, not where you want to be in the summer. And that's Arizona. We moved to the top seven. These are just like, we're we're feeling good. Okay. We have the D-Max at seven. The Mar- I would say, sorry, I would say feeling great. Feeling great. Feeling great. This is a clear top seven, I think. Yeah. Like, I think there's a clear gap at the, for this top seven. Arizona, seven. Miami, six. Should they be higher? Texas five, Tampa Bay four. Let's cut it there. Yeah. D-backs at seven. Sure, the Dodgers caught up to them. They've struggled a little bit recently. But I tweeted out this picture of Corbin Carroll, rookie sensation. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., what a freaking pickup. All-star. And then Geraldo Perdomo, who had like a 600 OPS last year. Those three guys being all-stars. If you'd said that in March, you'd be like, oh my God, stuff's going well. Zach Allen's fucking starting the all-star game. That's just so much good going, not to mention the fact that they're 14 games over, sorry, 13 games over 500. You got to feel good if you're the Snakes. I think there's an argument to have Miami and Arizona above Tampa and Texas from a vibes perspective. Mm -hmm. We just feel like Arizona is staring up at the dot. And right now they're tied, but they're watching them pass them and they're like, "Uh oh, this could get dicey. Whoa. And Miami is very much staring up at Atlanta, whereas the Rays and the Rangers, even though they certainly did not they've inspire had, they've a played, lot of confidence heading into the All-Star break, they're in first place. They banked so many wins, and those offenses are so good. And we can we can talk. Well, let's, we don't want to skip Miami, so let's get to them in a second. But Arizona, 
I just there. What a story. Not that we thought they were going to be bad, but to be a good team. And I would love to see them be aggressive at the deadline. I don't know what that looks like. We're headed for a very strange trade deadline, but I, I would love to see them really, really kind of push it in there because you're, <laughs> the pot like this is a big opportunity. With, I think, the way that the Dodgers are vulnerable, the way that the Padres have been bad and Giants, whatever. So, love Arizona. Go Snakes. All right. Marlins. When I think about this exercise, like, first instinct is they should be in the top three, right? Yeah. And we have them at six. They played, you know, they just won the series against the Phillies. And I think they have a great case for being even higher. Um, It's just kind of the situation that they're in. 53 and 39, they're still at a minus five run differential. <laughs> and so that's really the worry is just like, is the magic going to run out? I think this is a pretty good team, but there's just enough <laughs> concerning underlying things that, you know, we do have a team every year that's outperforming it to a, a laughable degree and just makes the postseason. I think they could do that. Seeing the crowds that they've got, you know, we had Daniel Alvarez recently coming on to talk about uh, there and just how it's, you know, since the, NBA season has ended and just like they're they're rolling into it. Like, great, here we go. Go, you know, come on, Marlins, make us proud. And they've been making us proud. And, and, and even if it falls apart a little bit, you still have Yuri Perez and oh yeah, Luis Arise to follow as storylines over the rest of the season that are reasons to come and watch the team. And I think that is really notable. Do I believe the Marlins will catch the Braves in the AL East? No, of course not. Come on. <laughs> Do I think they'll make the playoffs? No, I think there's a chance. No, I don't. Okay. Um, that being said, this I'm is more a confident. definitive yeah. step forward for me. Oh, yeah. 30 and 18 at home. Uh, just And one of the most fun teams watching baseball. Really that simple. So uh, I think I feel good about them at six. All right, Rays and Rangers. Certainly the most dominant teams in the American League over the first half of the season, or the first two months. Um, and just the offensive numbers, historic offensive dominance over those first couple months represented very well here at the All-Star Game as they deserve it. And while the Rangers were going to have below Tampa because we're already seeing some concerns with the pitching in all facets for Texas, and you could have seen that coming at the start of the season. It was even worse when Jacob deGrom goes down and just the bullpen. And sure, oh, great, we traded for Chapman. (laughs) Traded for Chapman, then immediately blowing games with other guys like that's kind of where we're headed so it's going to be a high wire act with houston kind of chasing them down i still think like this lineup is absolutely one of the best in baseball i think it has a great case for being the second best lineup in baseball and uh when you you had all this expectations you spent all this money it's good to see it actually paying off so i'm i'm a little worried about their their staying power at the very top of the division just because i i always obviously trust houston more but they got to be feeling good like this is this is a good team and, and a hell of a lineup And we know Tampa almost ran into the break on an L8. They did take the final game uh, before the break on Sunday. They were so good in April. Yeah. And I just, they are more balanced. Like for what they showed us on offense and what we know they're capable of on the mound at their best is just a way more balanced team. Yeah. Now that being said, it is bizarre to sit here on Tuesday, June 11th and see both of these teams just two games up in their respective divisions. Mm -hmm. Considering how dominant it feels like they've been considering they have the best, the two best run differentials in the sport, Rays at plus 149, Rangers at plus 148. That's above Atlanta at plus 147. Crazy that those are that close. 
Uh, so I agree. Right. It's like it feels like they've been so much better than everybody else. But because they have real competition in their divisions, we can't quite put them at the top. All right. Let's get to our top three, Jake. Yeah. Orioles magic. Orioles happen. Oh, oh, yes. Magic. The Orioles are ranked at third in our fan satisfaction rankings. Jake, you're an Orioles fan. Are you satisfied, sir? I am confused. I am smiling through it all. I can't believe this is my life. The Orioles success has been difficult for me to grapple with emotionally. I don't know if I should care more or care less to protect myself from the eventual pain that is sure to come. I have for years, Jordan, been saying 2024 World Series champion. You have been. That's a great point. And so it can't happen this year, man. Well, well, the good news is that there's there's reasons to think it won't happen this year. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. (laughs) But for me, it is as simple as this. Originally, we had them in the group below. Yeah, I mean, I think the ranking is the ranking. I think they were going to be three probably. But the tier, we're putting them in the top three kind of in a separate tier. The Baltimore Orioles have the third best record in baseball. And the more I thought about it, that's really it. That's crazy. There are two teams with better records than them. Atlanta and the Rays. And that's it. And this is the Orioles we're talking about. Every time it looks like they're coming back to earth, they just get hot and win five in a row again. And it's just been this like last year was such a taste, though. But you knew it wasn't real the whole time. Right. Or at least you knew it wasn't going to be the get to the postseason. Yeah. It, it The real it wasn't that it was fake. It was just like it's early. Like this is not a good team yet it, or it's not a great team yet. Definitely. It was clearly not a great team. Right. When you look at the record of this team, you say that's a great team. When you look at. Some other parts of the team, you say, that's is this a great team? Yeah. The pitching staff is not comfortable to watch. Yeah. And you have certain yeah. Orioles fans on the internet are frustrated with how this team has played over the last month and a half, where they should be better than this. And there are times where they don't look like a complete roster. And you could argue that they need to spend some of their prospect capital to acquire another starting pitcher. That being said, third best record in baseball. It's that simple. Yep. And again, like I feel great. Yeah. I feel confused and scared. And, but that's just Orioles fan PTSD more than anything else. Yeah. Totally fair. Uh, but this lineup's so good. Every guy that comes up, just rakes Jordan Westbrook, killing it. Colin Kowser taking his walks. Um, <laughs> But no, it's it's a great lineup, and and uh, we'll Gunner see how the Anderson. pitchers. Change. I would like to see them be aggressive, obviously, and at the deadline too, whatever that looks like. Alrighty, it's time to talk about Cincinnati Reds. Woo. Now, <laughs> you could say that they belong closer to the Marlins, yeah, because their pitching staff, not because the Marlins pitching staff, but like there is something about this team where it's like there is a trap door coming. And that is the combination of a pitching staff in complete shambles behind Andrew Abbott, mostly because of injuries and lack of depth. And something that I did not realize until I started talking to people about it here at the All-Star break, and I feel bad about that as, of course, a Reds beat writer that I am, Right, is they have a brutal schedule coming up that they have not done yet. Coming out of the break, they have three straight home series, but we go 
Brewers, Giants, D-backs, Brewers, Dodgers. So with still without Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo and, you know, we'll see what whatever the hell you get from Graham Ashcraft every day. So like every fifth day. So, but six games against the Brewers. Yes. Is huge. And yes. And they just lost a series to Milwaukee, right? To go into the break. All that said, the reason they're here instead of Miami is because they can win this division still. And because <laughs> to have four rookies come up and be amazing, I, I honestly can't even really remember another team that has had something like this, to have four rookies all be this good at the same time, not to mention the player who's now like the most exciting player in the, in the league in L.A. De La Cruz, but with McLean and Steer and Abbott also. It's amazing. And that's why when you came into the season, they were projected for 68 wins because it's like you never expect rookies to be this good. And so that is also part of why if you compare it to Baltimore last year, it was like, holy shit, like maybe we win the div- this division or not this year or not. These four guys are on the team for the next five years. Oh, my God. Right. And that also has to have you feeling amazing. Just seeing what the crowds have been like to have, you know, important Reds baseball games again. I've been so lucky to be there in person and they they just have to be up here. Also, for the first three weeks to a month of the year. It was brutal. Because none of those rookies were on the team. They weren't on the team, and the vibe at terrible. American was terrible. It was, they had the yeah. lowest attendance for a single game in, in the history ballpark of the history. Yep. And it was not good. And then up comes Ellie De La Cruz yep. and Matt McClain. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it, it's really been been that simple. And and they, they could win the division. It is a flawed, it is a <laughs> certainly a, a flawed roster, but they're one of the most fun teams to watch. And uh, just when you consider what their expectations were coming into the season. They have to be. They have to be number two. All right, but number one is a layup of layups because the Atlanta Braves are so clearly the best team in baseball, um, and they have the best record, and they have the best lineup, and they have the best players, and they have fifty All Stars, and all of that, and that they Max Fried is barely pitched, <laughs> Kyle Wright hurt bad, whatever. Like there's still upside with this lineup too. <laughs> Michael Harris was horrible for the first two months. Like there is still versions of this team that can get even better. Austin Riley has been f- Austin Riley has good. been merely fine, and just like obviously they have an MVP in Acuna, and Olson has twenty nine home runs, and Sean Murphy's you know maybe the best catcher in the in, in baseball. But like Aussie, just whatever. We don't have to explain the Braves. They're amazing. They're the best team. They have more, even more upside. They are so far ahead of a division we thought would be some sort of gauntlet. It has not been. They are so far ahead of everybody. And you just got to tip your cap. It's the best team in baseball. And I have to imagine those fans as uh, not, we don't love all of them, but they, we we love some of them. There are Braves fans we like. So I, here's the vibe for me. The Braves organization and their fans are in this ivory tower. Drinking champagne and eating caviar as the apocalypse carries out below them. They are not concerned with the day-to-day struggles of these peon, plebeian, major league baseball clubs, Jordan. Because the Braves feel like they are in a different universe. Part of it is because they play in this shopping mall stadium, right? And it's like utopic. Nothing ever goes wrong for the Braves. I mean, things do go wrong, but they just keep winning. They have four separate seven-game win streaks this year. <laughs> right, right. And it's the all-star break. Right. They are incredible. The roster is so good. 
It just feels like they're playing a different sport. Every year over the last half decade, we've made reasons, excuses to pick one of the other teams in the NL East to win the division. And every year, it's the Braves. It's always been the Braves. Ooh, it might be the Phillies. The Phillies. Oh, no. the Mets spent all the money. They spent no. all the money. Marlins are cute. No. No. Uh, also, like 30 and 15 at home, 30 and 14 on the road. <laughs> like, you look at some of the other teams with the best records. The Rays, for example, uh, are, I believe, like 500 at home. Yeah, 35 and 15 at home, 23 and 20 on the road. Texas, remember, what was the problem with Texas last year? Why did they... As a state or as a baseball team? As a baseball team. I don't know. They were like laughably terrible in one-run games. It was like, all right, we'll bring in Bruce Bochy and we'll not fix the bullpen. It'll be better. They're 5-12 and 12 in one-run games again, which is, again, the worst one of the worst records in baseball. So like, there's, there's these clear, obvious flaws in even the other teams with the best records in the league. Um, and uh, it doesn't matter. Braves are the best. Not complicated. And They're number one. During the offseason, the... Storyline was, oh, they're gonna let Dansby walk and give the shortstop job to Orlando Arcia. Also just like and he's get, starting the all-star game. Right, right. But like it's like really they're just giving away William Contreras. It doesn't matter. Sean Murphy's the best catcher in the league. So they're amazing, not complicated, best team. And uh congrats to their fans would be pretty freaking lit to be a Braves fan in 2023. Sounds great. Smiling through it all. Cannot believe that this is my life. Also, also, this is their team. This is exactly what their team's going to look like for the next five fucking seasons. That's a great <laughs> like, point. It's at least on offense. The pitching, it's a little bit, but, but still, right? I mean, maybe freely, but you have Strider, you have this guy, Bryce Elder. Like, I mean, all these guys, it's so good. And, and by the way, best example, like, I, I'll be a prospect dork till the day I die. Their farm system is an absolute catastrophe. Doesn't fucking matter. No one cares. No one is worried about that whatsoever uh, because their big, big league team is so ridiculously loaded. All right, Jake, we did it. We ranked all the teams in some way. That's like what a baseball podcast is, right? Thanks for joining me on this journey. Again, you can read this in written form at foxsports.com. 30 to 1. Again, A's 30. Braves 1. What a surprise. Sean Murphy, key to that, key to the whole thing. Mm. Roy Bersalinas, sorry. Uh, Jake, um, when we return next week, the we will feel very different about these rankings. Right? <laughs> Regular season games will return, and we will surely be like, oh, never mind. That was wrong. That team's actually awesome. Oh, never mind. That team sucks. Why do we rank them so high? But we were so excited for the second half. Obviously, we got trade deadline coming up and all kinds of other fun stuff. So thank you for supporting us in this first half. We hope you guys all enjoyed all of the all-star content. If you enjoyed that and you want more people to hear it, give us a rating. We got a couple more reviews, ratings. Apple Podcasts, wherever you can leave us a review. We really appreciate the support to help more people get to listen to the show. That definitely helps us out and encourages us and, and helps us keep going to to make as much good baseball content as possible. So you can email us at baseballbarbercast at gmail.com. Thank you to Chris Tyler, as always, for producing. Even though he has not been with us here in Seattle, we will be back on a Zoom with him again soon. Uh, but until the next episode, whenever and wherever that is recorded, uh, thank you all for listening. And Jake, uh, you need to get out of bed so we can go to the All-Star Game. Sounds good to me. Bye. Serious XM Podcasts.